Welcome back to the Bitcoin layer. I'm Nick Batia, and today we have Nolene Sumba. She is our Bitcoin layer Africa correspondent, helping us cover what is going on with Africa Bitcoin adoption. Nolene, thank you so much for joining us again today. Um, thank you for having me, Nick. Uh, it's always a wonderful time being on the Bitcoin layer. The Bitcoin layer is proud to be sponsored by River. River has become the Bitcoin exchange for the long-term investor. Now, Bitcoin is one of the most important ways that we can invest in order to protect ourselves from what's going on around the world. And you can do that safely and with confidence with River. Now, River is unique. They have a multi-sig solution so that the Bitcoin that you buy with River is not being held at any third-party custodian. We know that has become a big problem of late. Who are the exchanges storing their Bitcoin with and what type of risk is that presenting? Now, River doesn't store their Bitcoin with anybody else. They use a proprietary multi-sig solution. So we want you guys to go check out River, invest in Bitcoin with confidence, and make sure to go to river.com and tell them the Bitcoin layer sent you. The Bitcoin layer is also sponsored by Foundation Devices the Bitcoin hardware wallet you already know how to use. The Passport, you guys have seen this device, we've shown it to you. Get your Bitcoin off of exchanges. Once you've purchased, get it off of exchanges and put it into cold storage with your Passport. Make sure to check out foundationdevices.com and use the promo code BitcoinLayer for $10 off on your device. We appreciate your interviews that you've helped us uh, conduct so far covering some important stories around the continent with regard to Bitcoin adoption. So bring us up to speed. We want to discuss a few countries today, specifically Kenya, Uganda, South Africa, and Ghana. We're going to be discussing some adoption and regulation uh, issues, as well as the economic impact and implications of Bitcoin adoption itself. So Nalene, where do you want to start today? Which country do you want to cover first? Okay, um, this is actually an exciting time for Bitcoin in Africa. Uh, all the times are an exciting time, but uh, recently we have seen the lightning adoption taking off. And uh, with this, we are seeing adoption like kick, kick starting in Africa, finally. Um, so when I can, if I can touch on adoption, we have um, South Africa, for example. Um, for in, in South Africa, we have 86% of South Africans can actually claim they have heard of cryptocurrency if asked. And with this, we have like almost 12% of them who own who own some form of cryptocurrency. Um, in Kenya, we see there's almost about uh, 4.5 million people. Um, for the population, that's around 8.5%. Um, Ghana is also following suit. It's among the ninth highest uh, uh, adoption worldwide and uh, so I think Africa has gotten to a point where they're really embracing alternatives so but even though this is happening we also we still have regulatory frameworks surrounding that are barring further adoption so um, for example Uganda um, recently um, the high court just upheld uh, the central bank's decision to not to, to ban um, any form of cryptocurrency and uh, with this the directive the directive was was held that you know what this is not a form of property rights so uh, 
in terms of uh, companies investing in Uganda, cryptocurrency company, Bitcoin companies, uh, it's still a, a, some sort of gray area. And uh, even my country here, Kenya, um, recent, I'd mentioned before some time back that there was a finance bill in discussion in terms of how the taxation of uh, cryptocurrency will go on around here. And uh, the bill was proposed. And in terms of how it was proposed, it was in two ways. So um, I, I don't know whether people are well aware, but Kenya is among the leading um, countries in terms of peer-to-peer -peer, um, transaction. So there was an excess duty introduced to it. Uh, it was 20% on the transaction and the commissions fees. Um, and just besides this, we also had uh, the capital gains tax. This was also recently just uh, introduced. Uh, so we're going to, whether when you sell or you transfer Bitcoin, you're going to have to pay 3% of capital gains tax. Uh, in terms of the implementation, um, yet to see it happen because our taxation system is more voluntary based. We are, uh, so this has been combined together with uh, digital marketing. So the people who are involved, the, uh, the parties who are involved are supposed to go and contribute voluntarily. And uh, I'm sure that's going to be very difficult in terms of crypto, but uh, let's see how the government gets to implement that. Um, and also besides this, um, we have the regulatory framework being put in place, but Kenya is yet to see uh, Bitcoin as legal tender. So um, there's kind of um, questions, uh, are we... Are we legalizing it by taxing it or are we just uh, do we want to get a piece of the cake because uh, companies like Binance are very big here they have a huge market share and P2P market is it's crazy and I think this is mostly facilitated by M-Pesa um, you can imagine just transferring money that easily even as a result of that we have M-Pesa expanding all the way to Ethiopia uh, they just signed a telecommunication bill so there's a lot of happening so who knows we will probably see Ethiopia also embracing P2P and the Ethiopia population is quite huge. Um, the impact of that could be massive. And uh, yeah, so, so far in terms of the adoption and the regulation, um, I think that's mostly what I can touch on. And the reason that we are so excited to have Nolene's help in Africa is because we have identified this continent as one of the best places for the implementation of Bitcoin for all of its properties. One being that it's digital and can be done via smartphone. And two, and you know, of course, this is the main one, is that Bitcoin isn't issued by a government or a bank or a central bank. And so it doesn't have that risk of issuer that is so prevalent in Africa. So when we talk about adoption rates, in the five to 10 to 15% range, this is, this is very important. It, this is a massive trend that's unfolding and sweeping the continent. And it's not something yeah. that is easily reversed either because of the desire to avoid those issuers specifically, right? And then when you introduce the cell phone, smartphone nature of the transactions, it just becomes a very obvious thing to the people on the ground there. And so that's why we are trying to identify which pockets the, the adoption is strong 
and then which countries are moving toward at least a non-ban at the very least, and then at most a full regulatory framework so that people can transact without that undue burden of taxation, excess, excess taxation, or threat of some sort of criminal penalty. So you bring up Uganda. Now, the ban that was proposed is not going through, right? That's what was upheld. But we still are in a gray area in terms of it not being fully recognized as legal tender. Can you go into a little bit of the, the nuance there in Uganda, please? Okay, so uh, for Uganda, there was already a ban that was proposed, but it was still operational. Actually, it was a gray area, but as per now, it seems as if it has been implemented because they just issued a, another statement recently saying that, um, you know what, um, no, we're not going to accept it. We do not see this as um, as property rights. And um, in fact, the, the exact words that were used, um, they do not see this directive as a as a way in which it violates individual property rights. And um, it, it's sad because um, I know of cryptocurrency traders in, in Uganda, or maybe even Bitcoiners in Uganda, who are really striving to uh, reach the, the, the high court and they're trying to make the, the ruling become overturned, but they are not having an easy time doing it. Um, so maybe that's what I can say. And uh, you've also talked, Nick, in terms of uh, the adoption um and i want to touch on ghana um specifically um so a country like ghana the adoption is between the ages of 18 to 34 and if you look at the population structure of ghana for example um this is around 70 percent of the population so when you talk about the economic implications of this we might actually see Ghana over the years, the inflation rates go down uh, because the ones who are embracing this in Ghana are, are the youth and they are very tech savvy and they already understand they are already, mm, uh, what can I say, they're victims uh, in terms of, the, of how the economic system is set up. So they are likely to embrace it and see it as a solution. Um, first, so Ghana has been impressive. <laughs> I've personally seen the growth and um, it, it surprised me a few weeks back, but um, I guess each and every country is uh, adopting this in a different way. Unfortunately, we have a, a country like uh, Central Africa Republic. It was uh, the first country that decided to uh, have Bitcoin as legal tender, and uh, recently they just uh, withdrew it. Um, the, the, the president of Central Africa Republic is uh, a student either economics or mathematics I've, I've interacted with him on twitter he's a very um, learned guy who understands bitcoin so probably they had problems implementing it uh, we also had the uh, shitcoiners who went there in droves and uh, introduced sango coin so even though they so we see different african countries that are moving in different paces and uh, with this, I can mention other countries, for example, in uh, regarding BRICS. So, <laughs> so with BRICS, BRICS is not just happening uh, because it, it wants to. These are African countries that are seeking solutions because the dollar is not favoring us in terms of trade anymore, unfortunately. And uh, they're running towards solution and uh, the BRICS is offering that. So as, as per now, 
South Africa is the only African country that is in BRICS. But even though this is happening, there are other African countries that are really just requesting to become members. I can mention a few. We have Algeria, um, Senegal, Sudan, Tunisia, Zimbabwe, Nigeria is even uh, requesting to become a BRICS member. And Nigeria is a big economic influencer in, in Africa. So maybe uh, this should serve as a, what, what can I, how can I put it, an alarm? Yeah, that uh, Africa is seeking solutions and uh, it, it's coming. <laughs> so in fact, Egypt has already issued uh, it formally in terms of joining BRICS. So, yeah, that's uh, where we're at. Yes, the the BRICS alliance and the proposal for an alternative to the dollar has been around for many years, you know, well over a decade. But it does seem that some of the momentum is gathering there. We at the Bitcoin layer are very skeptical that any joint currency can be struck between these nations um, we're also equally skeptical that all these nations will start using the Chinese yuan as their global reserve currency. But what we also believe is that Bitcoin fits into this mix of countries wanting to de-dollarize and meanwhile China not presenting the most fair and open monetary instrument as the alternative to the dollar. So it puts Bitcoin in this very interesting place. But the what, what you are talking about is very important, which is that the energy surrounding de-dollarization and surrounding also more pan-African economic activity that's non-dollar denominated is a driving force here and it's something that's very important to cover so you talk about the energy with the uh, ghana adoption and the youth population there as well um that's a very important trend and that um you know just to go back to uganda one more time what do you think is the path forward here so we have a directive that basically the government has said Bitcoin is not protected as property here. So we have companies on the ground, we have people on the ground, and then we have leadership. And leadership is doing different things than the people on the ground. It's not just a story in Uganda, but in many African nations. So do you anticipate that leadership, specifically political leadership or central banking leadership, is an institution that we should root for and follow or should we only be focusing on the people and the companies that are being built themselves I, this is a tricky question and it probably depends on which country we're in uh, when you answer it <laughs> i actually just have one answer for that nick absolutely not um absolutely not in fact i'm an advocate of the market forces and um i, I believe government interference has disappointed us through history ever since the 18th century and uh, all throughout we've always seen in fact uh, for technological advancements it's uh, the people who initiate the advancements and then eventually the government catches up in terms of laws and regulations and uh, bitcoin is it's 
not just any technological advancement. This is the monetary system we're talking about. This is the, the symbol of power for any government. So we do not expect, in fact, we, I'm very surprised uh, El Salvador. <laughs> El Salvador is a unique case, in, according to my opinion, because I do not expect any government to really go ahead and just advocate for, uh, for Bitcoin. But if the market, if the people who are the market decide we want to have Bitcoin, then the leaders will have to um, change gear and uh, listen to what the Bitcoiners are saying and decide to implement this. So for Uganda, um, personally, I've, I've been to the country and um, they, it's surprising. I have talked to even taxi drivers in Uganda who understand cryptocurrency there is uh you just start a conversation and somebody tells you yeah yeah I, I, I use it i have some of it i've been scammed so um i i don't see the banning having a major implication uh ma mainly because the implementation of the banning how how are they going to really uh, prevent people from downloading wallets and transferring uh, bitcoin from wherever they they desire and uh even with p2p you do not need to in the same country anymore you can transfer from anywhere and um yeah let's maybe see how far they they, they go with the, with the ruling but i don't see it holding any ground it's a wonderful perspective because so many in the united states that are not into bitcoin yet or kind of on the outside looking in in their mind they are thinking well the government hasn't ruled on it yet and so I'm not going to get involved because it might be illegal, but that's not actually what's happening on the ground. On the ground, people are using it. And this is not Africa specific here. This is around the world. People yes. have identified a technology that they want to use and they want to engage with. And all they need is a smartphone. And we know that most people around the world have them now. So there is no stopping this phenomenon and really governments are a lagging indicator here uh, when it comes to what we are looking at in terms of Bitcoin adoption. The adoption happens from the people themselves. So back to adoption, I know you wanted to touch a little bit on South Africa and the adoption there specifically. Um, yes, I already mentioned the South Africa adoption rate being at 86%, but um, also another thing maybe I, I would like to, to mention. Um, recently, we, we saw um, Jack Dorsey, um, uh, lead a seed funding round for Azteco. Um, one thing about adoption in South Africa, <laughs> according to me, I keep on saying, I think South Africa frogged ahead of us in terms of uh, adoption because uh, they're the only place that can claim I can walk into a supermarket and pay using Lightning. And it's almost very many stores. And uh, yeah, so we, we recently had, um, in fact, Azteco, uh, the company, it's very well set up in, in South Africa, one of the places. And um, I recently saw uh, Jack Dorsey uh, endorsing it for, for un unbanking the population. So we are, we are going to see a lot of um, adoption mainly coming from Africa. And uh, hopefully even some of the technological innovations around it can be implemented elsewhere, um, not just Africa, but the global south, the rest of the world. Um, yeah, so, so far, um, of course, a lot still needs to be done. The effects of inflation are very, very much there. And uh, financial illiteracy is still a thing. There's still a huge um, number of people. I, 
in fact countries um, if you talk like countries like Congo uh, DRC um, if you talk of, of Eritrea uh, reaching these countries and uh, getting Bitcoin to them the infrastructure it's it's going to take a lot a lot to be done over the years but um, at least we already know what needs to be done now it's just the implementation but yes and we can look to countries where the adoption and the momentum is taking place and extract that model and apply it to other nations potentially. So can you explain to the audience, please, that who might not be familiar, what is Azteco? What is their product and how does it work on the ground? Oh, okay. So um, Azteco, um, how I got to find out about Azteco, because um, I personally work with Machankura, um, I've, I've mentioned uh, this. So Machankura enables uh, transfer of Bitcoin without internet connection. And uh, okay, so, but for Machankura only works like a wallet, in fact, just like wallet of Satoshi and USSD. Um, but we, we still need on-ramping and um, to be done. How will people be able to access the Bitcoin? So Azteco came in as one of the, the, the best use cases for, for, for Africa because personally in Kenya, we have M-Pesa vendors. So I can just walk to um, a vendor and I can give them uh, cash and they load my wallet, my M-Pesa wallet with, with the Kenyan shilling. And the other way around, if I want cash, I go to the vendor and they, they can do the reverse. So Azteco comes as this way in which you can just buy the Bitcoin voucher and uh, you can redeem it either on your, on your smartphone or even using uh, Machankura. So, you know, with this, finally, uh, Nick, I feel we can be able to reach billions of unbanked because these are people who do not now have to worry about going to do KYC in a bank. Um, one special thing about Azteco is there's no KYC. So um, no Coinbase to deal with, no Kraken, no Binance to deal with. You just go... Um, I send you money, Nick, and you send me the voucher, and uh, that's it. Um, in fact, I, I am a believer of non-KYC, so yeah, um, I think this could be one of the solutions that could really transform lives around here. And I'm, I'm excited to to work with the team Let's, and see how far we can be able to take it. And the the exciting thing about products like the one Azteco has, it takes cash and turns it into Bitcoin so that Bitcoins can start appearing in any pocket of the continent and really any pocket of the world. But we see Azteco focusing on Africa in terms of those vendors trying to get into the vendors' hands in order to uh, allow Bitcoin to appear in the population. Yes, uh, absolutely. And um, maybe, I I don't know, maybe you might not really understand this because um, but if you ever visit Kenya uh, you'll be so surprised you will see an Mpesa vendor every three minutes <laughs> from where you you move around so uh, in fact the infrastructure is already there um, and this is not only here I've also seen it in Brazil um, Mexico so it's just as a, as as it's as we keep on saying, meet the population where they they are at. If, if the people want to access Bitcoin through the vendors, then yeah, they can now do it. Nolene, the last thing I want to ask you is, where do you see the economic implication unfolding the most, or where are the areas where 
you're focused on where Bitcoin has the ability to impact people on the ground and improve their lives? Okay, so um, our payment system in terms of either import expectation or um, also the merchants, it, they are quite slow. They are very, very slow. In fact, for the, for the logistics, um, it's just because it's a very big industry and I sometimes might not know where to start, but I think the logistics industry can be transformed if they just embraced Bitcoin. Um, I don't know why they're not realizing it yet, or I hope somebody has already hinted to to the to the team, or maybe it's because of the regulations, the government regulations. But um, for me, I look at the logistics industry for sure. And the last thing I want to ask you one more thing in terms of optimist optimism, because I can tell Naline how optimistic you are about Bitcoin adoption in Africa and its ability to impact the lives of others. The optimism that you have, where does it come from in terms of, is it the actual, the things that you're seeing on a day-to-day? Is it the people that you're talking to, the entrepreneurs that are building the products? Where is your optimism coming from when, with this build-out of Bitcoin in Africa? Okay, so um, where my optimism is coming from, um, <laughs> I'm a person who believes in the future generations so much. And uh, even my 14-year-old brother uh, understands uh, Bitcoin. Um, and I've, I've, seen them, I've seen them being able to transact in it so easily. And uh, I, I'm even having uh, people who had dismissed it uh, a while back now reaching out and, and saying, where can I buy Bitcoin? Um, one, one reason for us in Kenya, why, why we're buying uh, cryptocurrency is because of the devaluation of the currency. And this is a factor that I do not see ending soon. And uh, if it doesn't end soon, the demand for, for, for an alternative will always be there. Um, so maybe that's the major source of my, my optimism, because I, I believe that the banking industry um, is going to just keep on doing what it's doing, and uh, people will always look for the solution. So yeah, that's uh, that's where I'm at. Um, I can already see I'm not fully, fully optimistic in terms of everything, especially when it comes to the government, because I, I know the government can have power to hinder this. But uh, so far, until that's figured out, and uh, Satoshi made that uh, in such a way that it will be easy. So yes. <laughs> That's that's on my end. Jo- joining us from Kenya, Nolene Sumba, TBL's Africa correspondent. Nolene, thank you so much. And we look forward to hearing more of your interviews as you cover adoption stories throughout Africa. Thank you. Thank you for having me as usual, Nick. Have a good day. The Bitcoin Layer is proud to be sponsored by River and Foundation Devices. With River, you can allocate to Bitcoin without any fees when you're doing so in a dollar cost averaging way. That is very unique. River also does not store their Bitcoin with a third party custodian. So you know that you can invest with confidence. Make sure to then take your Bitcoin and put it in cold storage with Foundation Devices. They have their Envoy app, and it pairs beautifully with their Passport device. Make sure to get your Bitcoin into cold storage today and use the promo code BitcoinLayer for $10 off of your device. Thanks again.